Hey there, and thank you for tuning in to the Rock Guys Podcast. And we are on episode 16. Yes, 16. That's so insane. I would have not thunk that I would have got here. Anyway, on this episode, we are talking about Accept, formed in 1976 Germany by guitarist Wolf Hoffman, bassist Peter Baltes, and vocalist Udo Dirkschneider. The lineup changed throughout the band's existence with only Wolf being the constant member. The band had so many ups and downs with, with the band disbanding several times. Except offered a more speed and thrash metal sound, which paved the way for many bands as well as being the inspiration for many, including bands such as Metallica, Megadeth Slayer, amongst several other top bands. The band had broken up and reformed so many times that this may end up getting confusing. First in 89, reforming in 92, again in 97, a quick reunion in 05, and their third reunion in 2009. Anyway, without further ado, stick around, because here comes Accept on the Rock Guys podcast. Right here, right now. Get your rock fix. The Rock. Guys. Mm, the Rock Guys. The Rock Guys. Mm, the Rock Guys. The Rock Guys. Mm, the Rock Guys. Hey, thank you for sticking around with me to dig into the life of Accept, to get into the origin of Accept when they dated back to the late 1960s, uh, 68 to be exact, when vocalist Udo Dirkschneider and guitarist Michael Wagner formed a small local band called Band X, which shortly after became Accept. The band went through so many lineup changes but the band's career finally ignited when they were invited to play at the Rock Amheim Festival in Germany, which resulted in a record deal with Brain Records. Recorded at the Delta Studio in Germany, the new lineup released the self-titled album in January of 79, meaning it was called Accept. They're called Accept and the album's called Accept. You're following me, right, on this? Okay. It was not really doing well with only about 3,000 copies sold. The album contained the material that had been gathered up through the band's growth, some rough, unfocused tracks, really a mixed bag of their ideas. After the release of the first album, drummer Frank Friedrich and bassist Gerard Wall split from the band, forcing them to replace them with Stefan Kaufman, and Jorg Fischer. Now, it might be Jorg, but anyway, Jorg Fischer. In June of 1980, Accept released I'm a Rebel, featuring this new lineup. The title track was originally written for ACDC, and when you listen to it, you kind of get that ACDC vibe. The band released Breaker in March of 81 and went on tour with Judas Priest on their Worldwide Blitz Tour which brought them much-needed attention in the U.S., because that's what they were going for. They were kind of going for some exposure in other countries and other cities. Restless and Wild came out in 1982. Just before the recording, Jorg walked out. The band hired 
Jan Komet or John Komet to replace him as guitarist, but that didn't go as planned and he left shortly after. Well, I'm glad I didn't have to remember his name. So he did not participate in the recording. Wolf Hoffman took care of all guitar tracks on this album all by himself. Although Herman Frank was credited for the album even after being hired at the time of the album's release, so he didn't even actually present anything to the album. Balls to the Wall was released in the UK in December of 1983, but the US release was delayed until January of 84 since they didn't want to affect the sales of Restless and Wild, which was still doing well in the US. After running into Jorg Fisher, here we go, Jorg or Jorg, Fisher by chance... In 1983, the band rehired him and embarked on a world tour throughout 84, including their appearances at the Monsters of Rock Festival in August. In March of 85, Accept released Metal Heart. The supporting tour saw Accept tour the world. The live shows were documented on the live album Kaizoku Ban in September. Russian Roulette was released in April of 86, not really doing well in the chart, was pegged as the band returning to some older styles and not staying with the polished sounds of Metal Heart. Udo Dirkschneider was fired from the band and pursued a solo career. Shortly after, except hired American vocalist David Reese, and the band recorded Eat the Heat. Eat the Heat was not one of my favorite albums just because... David Reese was not a fit for this band. He shouldn't have made a record with them. And it's not because David Reese can't sing. David Reese can sing, but he just can't sing except-ish. You know what I mean? It just doesn't fit. That's like putting putting uh, Udo Dirkschneider in with ACDC. It's not the same sound. You get me? It's just my viewpoint, but we need someone close to what Udo could deliver. The band's supporting tour saw them sharing the stage with Wasp, Metal Church, Danzig, and Armored Saint. While touring, drummer Stefan Kaufman seriously injured his back and was briefly replaced by House of Lords drummer Ken Mary to complete the U.S. tour. In late 89, the band decided to call it quits, and the band took a hiatus. Remember hiatus? They don't last long. A live album was released a year after and included... Live recordings from 1985. A couple of years later, a few ex-members met with Udo and reformed the band with Stefan, Udo, Peter Baltes, and Wolf. The reformed members of Accept released Objection Overruled in February of 1993. It was a successful release and the band took off on a world tour and upon their return, headed back into the studios to record Death Row, which saw its release in October of 2004. Due to Stefan's recurring back injury, he was unable to play and was temporarily replaced by Stefan Schwartzman. Predator was Accept's 11th studio album, released in January of 1996 and featured Michael Cordelloni from Damn Yankees on drums. Their supporting tour brought them through North and South America, Europe and Asia. After their tour, the band took another hiatus to work on each of their own projects. The band regrouped briefly in 2005 after receiving an invitation for a short summer European festival. At the end of 2009, bassist Peter Baltes revealed that something was in the works for Except. Since Udo officially announced that he would not be returning, the reformed band, the reformed band brought on Mark Tornillo. 
Their first release in 14 years, Blood of the Nations, was finished being recorded in January of 2010, but was only released in August in Europe. The band made their live debut in New York City in May of 2010. What a great place to have your reunion, New York City. And plus, with a new singer like Mark Tornillo, who, in my opinion, kind of brought the sound a little bit back. Except re-entered the studios to produce Stalingrad and released it in April of 2012. The band worked once again with Andy Sneap. You remember Andy Sneap, who assisted with the production of their previous album. Blind Rage was released in 2014 and their following tour brought them to Australia for their first time ever. And it was also their first album to debut at number one on their charts in their home country. In December, guitarist Herman Frank left the band and shortly after, Stefan Schwartzman also left the band. Jesus! By April of 2015, they were replaced by guitarist Yui Lewis. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm kidding. Yui Lulis. You Lulis. And drummer Christopher Williams. Now, I know I pronounced Christopher Williams right. The band continued touring in support of Blind Rage. In April of 2017, Accept announced the release of The Rise of Chaos for August. In June, the band's single, The Rise of Chaos, was digitally released via Nuclear Blast. In an interview in September of 2018, Wolf Hoffman stated that songwriting had started for their next release, but would really be more concentrated on after the tour. They ain't young anymore. Doing this between tours just like what Motorhead did, man, that was just insane. In November, Peter Baltes left the band amicably, though, after 42 years as a member. With Peter leaving, Wolf remained the last member of the original lineup. Peter was replaced by Martin Motnick in April of 2019. Later that month, Except released a special single called Life's a Bitch, their first song in two years. In November, Except hired on Philip Schaus as a third guitarist. Too Mean to Die was released in January of 2021 as their 16th studio album. But the single of the album, The Undertaker, was released the October before. Touring, while for obvious reasons, has been delayed for about a year, with scheduled tour dates starting in Europe in January of 2022. The current members for the band are Wolf Hoffman for lead guitar, Mark Torlino for vocals, Yu Lulis for rhythm guitar, Christopher Williams on drums, Martin Motnick for bass, and Philip Schaus rhythm guitar. The discography for Accept is as follows. In 1979, they released their self-titled album, Accept. In 1980 was I'm a Rebel. 1981 was Breaker. In 1982, we saw Restless and Wild. Balls to the Wall came out in 1983. 1983 seems to be the good year for a lot of the bands to hit high. Metal Heart came out in 85. Russian Roulette came out in 86. In 89, we saw Eat the Heat. In 1993, Objection Overruled. In 94, it was Death Row. 96, Predator. 14 years later, in 2010, we saw Blood of the Nations. In 2012, it was Stalingrad. 
2014, Blind Rage, 2017, The Rise of Chaos, and 2021, Too Mean to Die. Except has appeared in countless other forms of media, appearing in video games like Guitar Hero, Grand Theft Auto, and on Brutal Legend, on movies like People Like Us, The Wrestler, Balls to the Wall, and even on Beavis and Butthead. So of course this band is still going strong, but like any other band in this era, we have to hold strong for the touring. Virtual touring just ain't the same. But for now, we have to rely on all our social media and all our downloads and all our music being created digitally, including me. And stay tuned for Rock Album. Metal Album. Hey, and thank you for sticking around for Rock Album. Yes, we are going to be discussing Blood of the Nations. And Blood of the Nations is Accept's 12th studio album, and it was released in August of 2010, even though the recording for the album was done in January. The album stayed true to their classic metal sound. Mark Tornillo delivered the sound the band needed to make a decent comeback. The track listing for Blood of the Nations is Beat the Bastards, Tectonic Terror, The Abyss, Blood of the Nations, Shades of Death, Locked and Loaded, Kill the Pain, Rolling Thunder, Pandemic, New World Coming, No Shelter, Bucketful of Hate, Time Machine, and Land of the Free, which were both from the bonus track album. So the reason that this album was chosen is because it was bringing back their new sound. With Mark Tornillo at the mic, it made a little bit of a difference. And I'm hoping that's what kind of got them the edge to get back on track. But without further ado, stay tuned for Rock Trivia. Rock, 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 rock. Trivia. Here, here, rock trivia. Hey, and thank you for sticking around to tickle your brains on another episode of Rock Trivia. On this episode of Rock Trivia, we are going to tickle your brains a little bit and ask you the deep pondering question. What was Accept's very first album? I'll even give you a hint. It came out in 1979. Time's up. It was accept. It was kind of like a trick question, depending on your point of view. But yeah, hey, so to all of you who won, congratulations. And like I say all the time, we're all winners. So congratulations to the ones who didn't get it correct. And thank you for joining me on this episode of Rock Trivia. But stay tuned now. I think I hear Bobby. World. Hey there, and thank you for sticking around all the way to the end to Bobby's World. And join me while I dig deep into Balls on the Wall. Yeah, I was trying to make that sound dirty. It didn't turn out very good. Uh, I originally wanted to do Pandemic because it's kind of like a catchy phrase and it's kind of like a fitting fate phrase right now. But yeah, there wasn't much hype on it, but it was a good song. You should listen to it one day. 
But Balls to the Wall was a lead single from the album of the same name, which means the album was also called Balls to the Wall, their fifth studio album released in 1983. And again, like I said, in 1983 is when a lot of the bands hit their popularity and the music seemed to have taken off in that era. I was still a youngin', so... I didn't really experience it to its full potential. The music videos for Balls to the Wall had a lot of airplay on MTV, which increased their popularity in the United States. And everyone listened to that. It was all about the controversial music and anything that depicted uh, rebellion or something to that fact. This time it was Balls on the Wall. Another one is We Don't Need No Education. Come on, all around those same times, it was all music that tried to check with our consciousness. Anyway, I'm Bobby. Take care. This concludes another episode of the Rock Guys podcast. I'm your host, Bobby, and tune in next episode for, well, it's going to be a surprise again. (laughs) Please like, rate, share, comment, and subscribe. Help me get back to your ear holes. Stay safe and stay unsober.